You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. I'll give you a second to put down the guitar, and then come right back over to the mic here. Hey, hey. Beautiful job, beautiful job. Thank you, thank you, Woo. thank you. Good job. Shout out to the guy who wrote the James Bond theme. Congratulations. <laughs> Monty Norman, I believe. Really? Because I don't think it's John Barry that did it. <laughs> Sorry, it was just like, Monty Mulman. It sounded like Monty Mulman from like Mario or something, and I got confused. I thought you just kind of made up that name. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it's him. Hmm. I'm, I, th- I think I think so. Please pause. Yeah, the, the, this is what we have the internet for, right? Monty Norman, or am I making up a name? I'm probably making up a name. Probably. Well, who who came John, up with the James Bond theme song? John may be making up names, but we are not making excuses for not making episodes. Anyway, hi, we're back. G for D, aka Grounds for. Discussion. discussion i tried to make that work yeah yeah um this is taking a little bit longer than i expected it to that's okay we're well while john uh, looks for the uh answer to today's question you can tweet us the answer or you can instagram us or facebook because we're on all those social media things g4d underscore podcast find us everywhere g4dpodcast.com yeah it's been a while and we can't can't really say that anymore so uh Mm -mm. Mm -mm. we need a new one of those and and i was right it is monty norman he did write the song and the theme was arranged by john barry well cheers to that little john barry cheers to john barry cheers Mm. Mm. and cheers to the roasted record our uh coffee today and located in stewart florida we are drinking the uh, ethiopia coffee uh, tasting notes, dark cherry, chocolate, graham crackers, and apricot. Really, really great blend. And I made it in the Chemex today because, I don't know, I've been digging the Chemex a lot. Yeah, you, you, you have kind of become a Chemex master of sorts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I perfected the uh, the uh, formula. Yeah, I think you have too. Yeah. You just get better and better every Aww. single time, man. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, this is rich with flavor. Mm. I really, really like this place a lot. Mm. I need to check it out. You do. I mean, the coffee bag itself talks about how you, the first step to making coffee is, you know, put on a record. So, like, that fits our MO perfectly. It does. It's like this coffee store was made for us. You would love it, man. It was oh, really I good. would. This this is totally my kind of place right here. It was late at night. Had a little decaf Americano. It was very tasty. Ooh. Ooh, very, very nice. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, Adam, it is good to be back. Wow. Yeah, man. Whew. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's been a little while. <laughs> it's been a while. All right, we need a new one of those. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I know it's so easy for us to go right to that. I it's know. kind of our thing. Okay, so it's been a while. Oh, we can do. It's been. There you go. That's it. That's a new one. Okay. 
It's it's been it's several been, weeks. It's been several weeks since we last recorded. Sat down on my table and hit the play button. I don't know. <laughs> the coffee hasn't quite hit yet, huh? Mm-mm. No, not yet. We're almost there. It's also been six years since the last James Bond movie. <laughs> what? Six no, it hasn't. years. Yeah. COVID's been going on longer than James Bond's been in theaters. <laughs> yeah, six years is when Spectre came out. Wow. Crazy, right? Oh my God. Crazy. Six years was a while ago. Yeah, it was supposed to come out in 2019. Mm. Wow. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. We'll go into it later, but I think there's a good reason why they delayed it as much as they did, Hmm. besides the obvious reasons. I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah, this this is exciting because we've been doing movies lately, but. James Bond movie is kind of a big deal. Really, really is. I mean, you and I are both big fans, I think. Oh, yeah. I used to... My dad t- takes me to all of them. We go to all of them together. Yeah. I I got, like, the whole, like, Blu-ray set. And while I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, I've seen... I, I think I watch James Bond movies pretty regularly. Yeah, I've seen all of them and all that. Yeah, definitely. We used to watch the, all the DVDs and all the collections and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, quick question before we start. Who's your favorite James Bond? <gasps> oh, putting you on the spot. So sorry. Mm. Yes, you'll definitely need some coffee to think about this. Because that's that's the question that everybody I don't know. has, Sean, right? Sean Connery is always a classic. I'm right there with you with Sean Connery. You know, I think it's the best of both worlds. I think so. I just, I don't know. For me, when I think of like James Bond and being suave, sophisticated, and just like a man that women want, Sean Connery all the way. Yeah. Just got that vibe. I, I forgot who said it, but somebody had said he walks like a panther. And it's like, he totally <laughs> does. Just got that walk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm speaking about James Bond in general because I think that we're talking about a movie that has like a 60-year history prior to its release and it's interesting too because you know there's been what 24 25 movies yeah i think this is the 25th 25th yeah um you know there hasn't really been much of a narrative you know kind of like a a marvel one thing bringing it all together no overarching storyline and i think that's kind of more because of the times and it was just you know oh we can make a there wasn't that kind of mindset yet so this is really the first era of bond um, where you have a continuing story, they try to bring some character development into it, and this is kind of the conclusion of that. Yep, and that is No Time to Die. No Time to Die! <laughs> <laughs> James Bond villains are just like like Batman villains with just a lot of money and no superpowers. <laughs> Maybe one little weird quirk. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Man, why is he evil? Because his face was burned. <laughs> uh, yeah, this plants. is going to be a fun discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so John and I saw this movie, not together, but we briefly, briefly talked about it. It was probably just, yeah, I enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. that's that's all we have to go on here. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very curious because I know you're going to have some good thoughts. Yeah. And you know I'm going to have some really stingy opinions about certain things. Hey, I'm ready to hear them. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I think how we're going to do this, just for those at home who are listening along, we're going to start off with a short review with no spoilers. Yeah, just kind of our general thoughts and feelings. 
and then we'll go into a spoiler section. But we'll give you a heads up on that. So in case you still haven't seen it, we're going to give you a fair warning. Yep. So why don't we go into our first review, the non-spoilery one, and just basically talk about our initial thoughts on No Time to Die. No Time to Die, Bat Bond. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm going to say it from now on. I'm not going to say it normally. I'm just going to say it in no, a really funny voice. No, no Time to Die. No Time to Die. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just sticking with me. That's just how I want to say it from here on in. So you enjoyed it. What did you enjoy about No Time to Die? Oh, man. I would probably say it felt like a very classic James Bond film. You know, you, there, there's certain aspects that most of the movies follow. You know, you have the intro, something happens, you know, and then it kind of leads into the theme. But I felt like it was a very, like, old school, like, 70s-ish Bond movie. You know, it's kind of in a central location, like, towards the end, you know, and he kind of travels up the, the layer, per se. And I felt like that was very, like, old school Bond. Yeah, there's a lot of old school elements here. Yeah. And you had to believe they were going to go that route. The producers of the film did a podcast series. Even James Bond's getting in on podcasting, oh, too. Of course. What, what's James Bond's podcast about? <laughs> so they had the producers on there, and they basically had talked about, like, you know, they think it's very important for the Bond franchise to honor the films that came before it and that people really enjoy that yeah absolutely which i have some opinions on later (laughs) oh oh so yeah i i'm right there with you this feels like a proper bond in a lot of ways it definitely feels like in a way they pulled out all the stops they knew okay this is definitely daniel craig's final film his fifth and final film and to your point this is the conclusion to the storyline that's there so really i think a lot of loose ends are really tied up in this even ones that i initially didn't suspect <laughs> yeah same yeah same here yeah right oh as a longtime james bond fans uh that was one of, well we'll talk about that in the spoiler section but uh yeah yeah, yeah. some some questionable uh <laughs> questionable, questionable is definitely right <laughs> questionable judgment calls on uh on uh whose time it was to die mm-hmm. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. will yeah I, I think overall, it's very, very entertaining. I think um, Corey Fukunawa, who was the director of the True Detective season one, mm. did a fantastic job with just the visuals on this movie. It's a very gorgeous movie. And obviously, we had a gorgeous James Bond a few movies ago in Skyfall with Roger Deakins cinematography. Oh, nothing will be the cinematography in that movie. Yeah. In any James Bond. I- but. But this one comes close. It does. It's a little... It, it tries. It definitely tries. <laughs> the, colors, the color palette is very... Vibrant. Yeah, for the most part. Like, I don't know, like... I can't... I don't want to go into spoilers here. But, you know, there's, there's certain parts where, like, there's a garden, per se. And I wish there was more color in there, you know? Fair and, enough. And those kinds of things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll elaborate on they it defi- more. They, they definitely try to make stylistic things like Skyfall, but also, again, very different movie. You know, this one's a little more action-packed and thrilly and, you know, scary per se. Mm-hmm. Skyfall's a little more romantic and a little fun, you know? Yeah. I, I think seeing it in IMAX was especially worth it. Oh. Because the movie was shot for IMAX, and it was very, very much worth it 
the extra price of the admission to see this. In fact, I would probably like to go see it again a second time just so I could witness that again because mm. I just really felt like, okay, from a visual standpoint, I'm, I'm all in. And you know me, if you can give me some really beautiful cinematography, you can just about do anything on the screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But do you feel like this was a proper send-off for him? Do you feel like this really kind of was a high point that he went out on? Without getting into spoilers, um, I, I think for Daniel Craig's character of James Bond and the character that he played, yes. I think what happened was the only logical conclusion. Mm -hmm. because, you know, again, we'll get into spoiler talk later. Yeah. So I think the way that the character, his Daniel Craig's James Bond was played off, yes. I think given his circumstances, what happens in the movie and what happens mm -hmm. overall, yes, that makes sense. I think as, you know, a James Bond fan, that, you know, the character Bond, you know, it can be anyone, you know, at this point. So I think what happens to Daniel Craig has not happened to a James Bond before. And that was, I'm still kind of like, huh, they really did that. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll wrap this up because it's supposed yeah. to be just like kind of a short discussion. Yeah. And because I know we're both itching, <laughs> itching, like just crazy just to really talk about all the spoilers here. But I think the thing that I've kept in mind with Daniel Craig is that his interpretation of the character is his own thing yeah and it's very much separate to everything that came before it and i know that there are people who don't want that and i know that there are people who want other different interpretations of bond to be taking place now they're maybe even just over daniel craig and and they want like a roger moore type uh interpretation to come back i think if you enjoyed the previous films, you'll enjoy this one. And I do agree. I think it is a proper send-off, especially everything that led up to it. And what ends up happening in the film, I think, makes total sense. And it feels earned. It doesn't feel like it comes out of left field. Or it feels like it was just done for the sake of having a send-off for his character and his interpretation of the character. I think, overall, this is a movie that's worth seeing in theaters. It's especially worth seeing in IMAX, and if you're a fan of Daniel Craig's Bond and the previous movies prior, or let's just say for the sake of argument, you're only a fan of Casino Royale and Skyfall, which a lot of people are. <laughs> like, there, there, there's a lot of hey, like, every, hey, not not all of them can be zingers. <laughs> let me tell you, the, there are some people that think like Quantum of Solace and Spectre are like some of the worst James Bond movies. I'm, I would disagree. They're not my favorite. No, but you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Quantum of Solace is down there, but I don't think it's yeah. the worst Bond. And, and I only just think that just because, quite frankly, I can't tell what the heck is going on <laughs> as I'm watching that movie. I, I, that's not even me trying to be funny. I just genuinely can't keep up with that movie's oh, yeah, action. Same. So, yeah, my final approach, and obviously I'll elaborate it more. With this review, I think, for me, I give this an 8 out of 10. And I think it's definitely recommended if you're a James Bond fan. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely up there. Um, as far as the numbers. Um, wow, okay. Um, hmm. Hmm. Do, do, do. You don't, you, don't, you don't know what you're going to give it, huh? I don't know yet. I think we got to talk it out. 
first. You need to talk it out. I need I need the spoilers, man. Okay, I feel pretty confident about my rating. So all right, leave me in suspense here. Give me your rating later on. All right. All right. So here's the final warning for everybody listening in. We did our initial review. Three. All right. Spoiler warning. Two. Uh, 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 one. Welcome to the spoiler zone. <laughs> you sound like a mixture between Bane and the announcer from SNL. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, James Bond spoilers. <laughs> There's another 007. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... So how about that ending, huh? Oh, jeez. Yeah, you know, did everyone stay for the end credits scene? Oh, no, I didn't. What happens in the end oh, credits yeah. scene? Yeah he, yeah, he comes out of the grave, you know, because uh-huh. he dies. Yes. Yeah, they kill James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> They say, Crazy. bye, Bond. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. They send him off in missiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he's plowing his way out through the uh, grave there and Grabs his martini. He's like, I need a martini. Shake and not stir. To go, please. <laughs> Just a zombie bond. Yeah, and Nick Fury's there. All right, let's 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 get you in the Avengers here, man. Come on, let's go. Let's go, Bond. Yeah, that was... Uh, when I talk about questionable decisions, I it, it makes sense for James Bond's character, you know? I think because of the circumstances he was in, with the poison, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, 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 this is probably the most conflicted I've ever seen you on a review, honestly. I, it's just like, I, I think, the, I, I like the movie overall. I just wish they elaborated on things more than other things, I guess. I feel like, like Christoph Waltz was only in there because he was Christoph Waltz. Yeah. And it took the distraction from Rami Malek, who's the main villain. Which mm. he doesn't really get a lot of focus. No, he doesn't. You know, and you know they kind of build him up as like, "Ooh, who is this guy?" And I think his motives were just like a little off, and he they they just didn't give him enough character screen time. I think was the problem. Which is interesting because this out this movie's over two hours and forty five minutes long. Yeah, and I feel like for the main villain of the story, I agree. I don't think he's necessarily awful. There are some people who think he's awful. Oh, no, no. I don't think he was awful. I just wish his character was elaborated on more because I didn't understand his motives or what kind of he wanted to do. Yeah, there's a big gap in logic there. You get why he's going after Spectre for what they did to his family, like killing off his whole family and he's the lone survivor. But for him to go to that, to like wanting to destroy the whole world, I didn't quite understand how he went from that to this yeah and like the age gap of the girl and his age they like they look the same age so like we're supposed to believe that she was a little girl when he came in yeah like i don't know just the age differences seem kind of weird i'm sure they were hoping that the makeup job that they did on remy malik would kind of cover that up but it really doesn't yeah did, did they ever explain what happened to his face it was the poison the poison yeah 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 got it so um i Again, to your point, there are some things they have to gloss over because of time, and then there are some things where it's just like, well, it's there a James is no Bond time. Movie. There's, they, there's no time to die. We got to finish this movie. Come on. There's there's no time to explain the villain's origin. We only have two hours and fifty minutes. Come on. There's no time here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think he was necessarily bad. 
I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that criticism because there are some people that are just like, oh, he's awful. I, no, I wouldn't go that far. He was fine with what he was given. He just wasn't given enough. No, and and he's at least a threat in the sense that like he came up with a bioweapon that can kill a bunch of people. Yeah, which obviously they didn't want to have that out in theaters when all this COVID stuff was going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was, was a little jarring. I was yeah, just yeah. like, when they were like, oh yeah, it travels through your system and affects others. I was like, ha! Oh yeah, it's going to spread all over these people all over the globe. And oh Yeah, I just think that like, unfortunately, there was going to be a character that was going to be given some kind of, you know, that was, that was either going to be just not given enough for us to become attached to them or we were just going to have to fill in the blanks as a viewer. Yes. And I think, unfortunately, it was going to happen to him. But I don't that's think he's... The, but that's the problem. That shouldn't happen to your main villain in a James... Like, I agree. Yeah. I agree. The, the, the problem that this... If there's one big problem that I've had with the Daniel Craig movies is that it wants to be its own thing. Like, it needs to be its own continuity... But at the same time, we still have to reference all these other movies prior and we still have to give you like little like Easter eggs and nods constantly. So it's it's a lot. That's the thing. So I get why the movie was longer. In fact, I feel like, you know, most people say like, oh, this movie's too long. I almost could have done with a little bit more. The way this movie was paced, I thought is phenomenal for a two hour and 45 minute movie about it goes by so quick. But I do think that, to your point, there are shortcuts, and then there are things where it's like, well, we got to throw in this reference right here, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's always going to be the fan service. I mean, I when he, when he went to the bar and was like two martinis shaken, not stirred, I definitely went what? Because I yeah. was so used to. Well, first he goes to the bar and he goes, I'll take a scotch, and I'm like, what? Boo, yeah. Yeah. boo, and then you know, mm-hmm. so that was I was a little little fanboy right there moment. Yeah, but there's definitely there definitely are you know fan more fan moments, especially you know the car he's first driving in the beginning and the end of the movie, um, the watch, you know yeah. those kinds of little things. But what's better than having one classic Aston Martin? Having two <laughs> classic Aston Martins. Oh my god, the funniest I'd ever laughed in the whole entire movie. So do you know the beginning of the movie when he's driving? through the mountains or whatever mm-hmm. first of all there's no one on the road like yeah. what's going on and he's swerving through the lanes oh i guess martinis he's drunk whatever mm-hmm. drunk driving <laughs> they use the exact same footage at the end of the movie where she's driving they just photoshop him out of the car oh you're right <laughs> it's so you're much, right. just like really <laughs> you're right oh i didn't even think about that oh i'm gonna look for that next time i watch it oh you absolutely should well speaking of references that's one of my biggest complaints about this movie and I'm not surprised, especially given at this point, it's already happened in previous Daniel Craig Bond movies, but it, it's happened over the course of other James Bond movies. It's not uncommon to either reference or put in Easter eggs with previous films. But this one, not once, but twice, decides to have musical cues from the um, Honor Her Majesty's Secret Service and then decides at the end to have the Louis Armstrong vocal track mm. as well and it just doesn't stop there there was even the instrumental uh version i think it's the title song from on her majesty's secret service i could be wrong but it's some song from from that movie so it's like they really went all out on the easter eggs here and i understand there's gonna be some people who are gonna love it 
and not care about it. And then there's just gonna be some people that don't know about it that just whatever it d- doesn't matter. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know which that. Is fine. It's not a major complaint, but I wish the <laughs> I wish the whole part in the beginning when they talk about all the time in the world, which is pulled right from on Her Majesty's Secret Service, only happened in the beginning and not at the end again. It was like, oh no, one time wasn't enough. We need to do it again, mm. and it's like. In the context of the original movie, it's much more powerful. In this one, it doesn't work as well. And it's like, it's not enough for me to be like, oh, this movie's crap, knocking off several more points because of it. No, it's just, you didn't need to have that much. You could have toned down the Easter eggs and the Mm. references to other films, in my opinion. Okay. Which, it's more of a collective whole of all the Easter eggs and the references, that is a problem. I knew they were going to be in there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with Easter eggs, but you got to make a movie. That, that's the that's problem. The problem. They, it's, yeah. you know, from that logic, it seems like they focused more on how do we make this more like a James Bond movie than our own thing and trying to fill all these things in. I mean, all right, when they killed off Felix in the submarine. That was what I was talking about earlier. I was like, what the hell? It's like, you don't kill Felix off. Like, that was just jarring. Well, well and, and and they tried to play it off like they had, like, this really strong bond. And we haven't seen Felix since Quantum of Solace. Yeah, and, like... It's like, a, it's like little... we never really saw them having that strong bond in any of the movies. I know. I felt it because I was like, oh, I know who Felix is. He's his, you know... Well, well because Jeffrey Wright is great. He's a great Felix in general. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we can infer that, you know, oh, they've had other adventures besides the stuff that we've seen in the movies. It just, it's another one of those elements that didn't feel earned for me. Yeah, no, I agree. There was no like, it was just like, oh, they killed Felix, not they killed Jeffrey Wright's Felix, you know, like they killed off Felix. Like that's like, what? Yeah. Like you can't, like, why would they do that? Yeah. That's kind of like Marvel killing off Black Widow. And, And the thing is, is that like, I'm not against this franchise moving forward. In fact, I think it should, and that's one of the things I do appreciate. It's just, it's it's still, it has like one foot in the moving forward puddle and another foot in the staying in the past puddle. Look, they got the action down. They got the choreograph down. You know, they got all the elements of the action down. I think now is the time where you focus on like the story. And developing the characters because, you know, clearly Bond fans like when, you know, they, you do the same thing over and over again to a formula with little changes here and there. And I think for the hardcore Bondies, you have to keep a lot of those elements in there because um, they might not be as uh, progressive as some other James Bond fans. You yeah. Know? And on a pure entertainment value, that's why I gave the score that I did. Oh, but yeah. Yes, it was thoroughly the, entertaining. There's still yeah. problems with the story. And that's partially because some of the writers of this, Purvis and Wade, they're not the only writers. I know they also brought in Phoebe Waller Bridgers. Bridge? Bridgers? Phoebe oh, Waller Bridge? It, whatever. Yeah. Fleabag. I'm sorry if I have the name incorrect. I'm saying this off the cuff. Phoebe Walter Bridge? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And she obviously came in and brought in the humor, which I thought the humor actually worked very well in this for me. Yeah, there was, I was some surprised. good. There were some good, good bond lines. But the other two writers, Purvis and Wade, have been around, I think, actually since the Brosnan era, if I'm correct. They need new people. They really, really do. Yeah. I 
man, I felt so bad for James Bond. Like, through the whole movie, like, he doesn't get a good arc. I think that's kind of my problem. Like, so, you know, he finds out he has a secret daughter. You know, he can't touch his wife or his, you know, his girlfriend or his daughter. It's like, what else is he going to do? So he's just like, oh, guess I'm going to kill, like, just die. Like, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. No, no, no. It's fine. I just, like, felt so bad for him. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah, you do. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that kind of just, that is fitting with his character. Yeah. It, he, it, he, he always just has a taste of a life he wants. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Once he has a chance to do it, he goes all in, but he knows that that other life, the life that he wants to move on from, is always going to be there and is always going to pull him back in. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So, and I mean, I think that was, I think the ending is pretty much, we see a character that kind of just finally comes at peace with who he is and what his life is. And yeah. this is, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm, I'm meant to be the blunt instrument i'm meant to sacrifice everything for queen and country and this is who i am and i wasn't going to be a family man anyway because there's just always something that was going to be preventing me from that i think there's definitely something too i don't know i i i thought about it like after seeing the film you know how like his daughter loses a stuffed animal Mm -hmm. along the way and he picks it up it's an interesting visual to me that like in his final moments, James Bond left alone on this island, missile base, whatever, that's going to be, you know, just blown to bits by, um, by the, uh, by the Navy, the British Navy. And he has this stuffed animal just like on his side. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know if this was intentional. So this is just how I'm reading it, but there's just, a certain sense of like heart there. And I think, you know, when you have a child that like loses a stuffed animal, you know, the value to it. And I think in that moment, it's like, that's the only piece that he has of his family left. And it's on him until his final dying moments. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just something a little kind of just poetic about that. Oh yeah. You know, you, you, you hit the, hammer with the nail <laughs> however that's saying <laughs> the, hit, hit the nail yeah, in the coffin i think that's why it affected me so much too because it's like you've never seen james bond die and i'm glad that like he died with a purpose not like oh i got shot too much you know like there was yeah. like meaning behind it and i think logically it was the only way for daniel craig to really be free and, yeah. and in that version of james bond to be free yeah yeah i know there's a lot of people that have issues with the interpretation of his bond you know where I the character no is gone. I thought he was great. Yeah, I thought he was a great James Bond. I think his his arc made sense where it went. I think it was painfully obvious in the in the beginning when he like gets her on the train and she's like has her hand on her stomach that she's pregnant. I was like, oh, yep, there's gonna be a kid here at some point. Oh dang, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, way to make it obvious. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm sure there's people who didn't notice it, but I, yep, I mean, I didn't notice it. But it was like. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, she's pregnant. She totally is pregnant. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean... James Bond, stay away from the water, man. <laughs> Yo, James Bond has terrible luck with water. <laughs> man, when Felix, like, died, I was like, oh, my God, another friend drowned? Like, jeez. I know, I know. It, and, and I'm glad you noticed that, too, because I saw that as well, because it was like, 
yeah, there's definitely some kind of like theme here. The water you know? pulling him under. Yeah, the water pulling him under and, you know, water is kind of just being a, um, I don't know if symbol is the right word, but it definitely is associated with death. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like done intentionally to your point. Um, so I don't, this doesn't bug me as much, but what are your thoughts on the fact that they kind of basically, you know, do the whole, mm, almost like, uh, it's, it's, it's almost Dr. No-ish. Like it's almost like there's a lot of stuff thrown in there that just feels like it could have been picked from earlier James Bond films. Hmm. So do you think that this film in a way kind of brings in those classic elements, but puts a modern twist on it? Or do you feel like this film really, really just was trying very, very hard to be like, we need a little bit of everything for everybody. Hmm. I definitely feel like there is, if you look into it enough, you will find it, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know the the fact that he went to a secret island, you know, there's like a military there and there's little used to be like a Russian military base or something something Mm -hmm. like, or, you know, the bunker he was in. Like, I feel like I've seen that before, you know? So I feel like there's sprinkles here and there of it. I don't know. I think my major gripe, honestly, with most of it was like just the villain setup. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they try to make Christoph Waltz this big thing, like kind of like Hannibal Lecter, but like, you don't really like, see much of him yeah i mean like that's one of the things i think they mishandled which is disappointing too considering we know what christoph waltz can bring to the table yeah they definitely didn't use him to his full advantage no they didn't they didn't in this film and they definitely didn't inspector no i i just feel like they were just kind of like well people love christoph waltz and you know he could do his thing he was great and glorious bastards let's put him in it okay well you need to if you're gonna use him like that you gotta use him like that yeah, and then they, Inspector, one of the things I felt like didn't work was like, oh, you know, he's been the behind everything, like a whole master scheme. And it's like, mm, no, it's and, a little too late to do that. Yeah, and also, like, if he was really behind the whole master scheme thing, like, he wouldn't have accidentally killed all his agents. Like, well, he didn't. I mean, kill like, all the, them. the Russian guy did. I don't know. I feel like if he had better security. Well, the Russian guy was working for. Rami Malek. Yeah. Right. So he betrayed them. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, which I thought was actually a pretty good scene. And I think the scene afterwards. Yeah. Speaking of Ana de Armas. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Oh. Oh. (laughs) You know, I usually make fun of people who have celebrity crushes, but like that just, yeah. I think I had a celebrity crush now on Ana de Armas. No, she was great. She really is. I mean, She's not in it for too long, but honestly, she wouldn't have worked in any other context of the movie except that section of the film. Yeah, no, that was perfect. But she she was great. Her fight choreography was fantastic. Yeah. Like, that whole scene is great. And I think that's really... I know we've been talking about our criticisms here, and I think just part of that is just like, you know, because it's tied to a lot of spoilers, but I really think that... There's so many great action sequences in oh, this. Oh, yeah. They have it down to a science. Like, they know what's cool and what works. Yeah. And I think the most unique thing about all these, you know, Daniel Craig kind of Bond thing is there's always something different. You yes. You know? They don't do, like, the same stunt twice. No. So, like, it's always going to be in a different location, different moves. Like, 
it's like, oh, wow, he can do that. That's cool. So I think they definitely have that to keep it fresh and interesting. I honestly just think, you know, for me, the the villains, man, that's just, they didn't do enough with Rami Malek. They didn't build him up enough. Like, they had the potential, and mm-hmm. it seemed like they were going to do something cool with them, but just, like, the timing of it just didn't do well, and the fact that they relied kind of heavily so much on Christoph Waltz kind of ruined, not ruined it, but, like, I was like, okay, like, let's get going. Like, cut this time out so we learn more about Rami Malek. Because when he gets killed, you're just, like, pissed at him because he, you know, poisoned everyone. And if you're one of those people that feels like, oh, Daniel Craig never really has fun in the role, this one is probably the first film, which, I mean, (laughs) it's his last film, (laughs) where he actually has some fun. And I definitely appreciated that about this. Like, he's definitely involved in some more humor. I just think that, hmm. Really, the strength of this movie is down to the action sequences, and there are great action sequences in this. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest standout out of out of all of it, is that you get no shortage of just very... Like, the whole movie's beautiful, but between the beautiful visuals and the very memorable action sequences, like, there's never a moment where I felt like I wasn't captivated by this film, but the action sequences especially are top-notch here absolutely and there's there's one later on which reminded me of an episode of true detective where it was maybe not the whole thing was done in one take but it was like behind james bond as he's fighting people up a stairwell which loved oh it's absolutely loved i thought like this is such a fantastic moment and i couldn't get enough of it i was just so absorbed in the film right there and i'm glad that they gave him like a really great moment like that towards the end because it's a true showcase of what makes Daniel Craig's Bond work. Mm-hmm. Again, the blunt in- instrument aspect. Like, I mean, him being involved in the fight choreography and taking the punches and the hits and falling downstairs and getting beaten up and bloodied and all that kind of stuff. It just felt so engrossing mm-hmm. for me. And I was just like, I can't get enough of this. I really, really can't. I could watch this just for hours. Yeah. You always know James Bond is going to get injured or attacked in some kind of way, and it's always a mystery to see how, you yeah. know? And you're just like, dang, he survived that? Wow. And just like, you know, the amazement of it. I love those kind of intimate fights, and it was great to have that in this movie. And I think it's it's difficult sometimes to do something like that and because in a lot of action movies, they like to cut and, you know, kind of cover up, you know, the, the simple fact that people aren't, really good at combat Mm -hmm. but it's like in that moment you really see everything being you know taking place you see all the the hits and everything that i was talking about earlier so it really feels authentic yeah as opposed to like up there's a stuntman there or oh you know there's you know extra cg there yeah like that intimacy is just so vital and just the simple fact that i can actually tell what's going on is also very vital too and i think you know the authenticity i think is why the you know the franchise is still going and you know there are those expectations it's like okay it's james bond he's got to have a drink he's got to have a car he's got to have a watch got to get you know you have all the pieces it's just how do you use them in the modern age yeah we excuse me we do need to move forward i think yes i think it's time for i don't know like kind of what you were saying like a new style like I don't know, something about anime James Bond sounds really cool. <laughs> right? Or just like, I don't know, like you can do it in any universe, you know? It doesn't have to be, you know, 
just like a dude, like it could be someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, com- completely agree. Completely agree. James Bond is now owned by Amazon. And I'm not against having spinoffs, but apparently the producers of James Bond, Barbara Broccoli and uh, was it Michael G. Wilson is the other person. Parba Broccoli? Yeah, that's her name. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been like kind of like a family producer line um, hmm. that's been watching over James Bond since like you know the early days of Sean Connery. Sorry, there's just some amazing names that we're saying today. <laughs> Barbara Broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mole Man. I, yeah. Just like wow. Some of these things like I can look over and just accept them for what they are. I definitely think that this is an improvement over the last film, no doubt. There. Yep. I just think really my rating comes down to the simple fact that at the end of the day, this is a James Bond film that I found really entertaining. And that's just what I have to judge it on. Not everything works. Yes, you can point out the flaws and maybe for some people, those flaws are going to be bigger for some other people compared to me, but I am fine with what they had. Could things have been toned down? Could they have been a bit different? Could we maybe have moved a bit forward and not been so attached to the past? Sure. But really, it just comes down to the simple fact that, like, I, I think this is a quality send-off for Daniel Craig and his character. Do I need something new next time around? Yes, I do. Yeah, we definitely... It's, it's time for a little change. It's time for a change. And, you know, I know that the nostalgia factor will always be there. But whatever route they decide to go... Tastefully. Yes. You got to do it tastefully. Yes. I'm, you know, it's like, I'm fine with remakes and remasters and who's it's and what's not just do it tastefully. But sadly, that's what it won't be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have heard, and the final thing I'm going to say, because I know I already gave my rating here. I have heard this film gets better on repeat viewings. So I know quite a few people that went to go see it a second time say that they enjoyed it even more so the second time. So... I definitely think I'm going to try and see it again this weekend, and maybe I'll report back here about how I feel. I think, yeah, it's, I got to be fair with it. I think I'm going to stick with my rating. Thoroughly enjoyable. I think there's a lot to like. I just think that, like, if you really haven't been a fan of Daniel Craig's era, this isn't going to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards, a, like, a high seven, I feel Ooh, like. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what my range is. Okay. So, so what did you not as enjoy as much compared to me? I think hmm, it's interesting that our because I I enjoy the nostalgia stuff. I guess I'm more of a traditionalist. I think in that mm-hmm. way. Um, I think just like honestly, the like you have the sto- I think just the villains honestly just didn't do it for me in the sto- the overarching story. It's just like. I was more concerned about James Bond as a character than I was about the plot, I feel like, because the motivations just didn't do it enough for me. So I think that's kind of why I'm leaning towards like a high seven. I think it needs to, the plots need to be a bit more simplified. It, I think the, the plot was fine. I mean, you know, similar to like almost like Die Another Day, right? Well, okay. I know so, that's not a, you know, the best movie, but so, like so, there's clear, yeah, you, you know, I, like they build it more. Like, you know why the villain's going after James Bond. Like Rami Malek, there's no reason for him to do it besides the girl, which is like, well, okay. I, I think that's what we're getting at because yeah. you're right. In a more basic James Bond film, we probably get a bit more history as to why Rami Malek's character is the way that he is. But we didn't get that with this movie. So... Yeah. 
Um, that I, I wanted a little more plot development in that part. I think that's yeah, kind of what did it yeah. for me. Be- because this movie knew it had to wrap up everything with James Bond's character. So to your point, yes, he is the bigger focus. Yeah, so, so minus a point for that. Minus a point for killing Felix off. And minus a point for... Um, uh, 007 when she's having she's escorting the Russian scientist over the poison flower water which I loved by the way I love that and she goes time to die and she pushes them in but it's no time to die so how does that I don't <laughs> they didn't say the correct title <laughs> no it's not his time to die there is no time to die <laughs> and I'll end it there <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was so that, that part baffled me because she's like escorting him out and she's just like I'm done with you whatever <laughs> yeah I know it's right like, alright you're not important anymore bye <laughs> like at what moment you, you just should have just shot him the whole time <laughs> like what? But, but Adam, we needed to see how lethal that water was. That's right. If she didn't do that, we wouldn't have known. I, oh, another classic Bond trait: a nerdy scientist. Like yeah. Bor- he reminded me of Boris. I am a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I am invincible. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, classic millennials talking about Goldeneye. <laughs> uh, Man, yeah, uh, bush for brains. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know a woman if it came up and sat on him. <laughs> <laughs> Boris. <laughs> Boris. I can quote Goldeneye quite quite extensively. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Yeah, well, good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. I'm 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 glad we did that. Me too. I, I think your rating is totally fair. Although I'll be curious to see if it changes over time. Yeah, definitely another rewatch at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I'm definitely going to see it again. I I need to see it again. So although I might be doing it by myself because I like to go see movies by myself. It's always fun. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo like that. That's okay. I've not done solo movies before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Nice big bag of popcorn. Yeah. Oh yeah. A little sodi pop. <laughs> a little sodi pop. Sodi pop. Oh. And minus minus twenty points to Regal Theaters for uh, switching over to Pepsi. Ooh, sorry, no, just stop. I forgot about that. I don't know. Something about Cherry Coke just hits different at the movie theater. It does. And, it and does. I, they don't, do they make Cherry? Was it Dr Pepper? No, it's Coke. There's no Cherry Pepsi, is there? There is. What's it called? I think it's literally. It might be called Wild Cherry Pepsi. Mm. You know. Okay. Because 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 that. That that cherry is dangerous. Can't, can't contain that cherry. <laughs> it, it had a lot of problems in its high school years. <laughs> I was raised by the streets. I rode a motorcycle <laughs> over to the factory. With a snakeskin jacket. This <laughs> expresses my personal freedom, individuality. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, that's who they should get as James Bond next. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Oh my God, could you imagine? Her, give me a, a martini, shake and not stir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. What did you want? I told you what I wanted. <laughs> a martini. What don't you get? <laughs> Just him freaking out. Yeah, that would be the whole movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, but. It has to be directed by David Lynch. <laughs> oh, God. I could not imagine that. In this scene, James <laughs> Bond has a nightmare. 
James Bond will be played by Kyle McLaughlin. Now that I that would, would love. <laughs> that would be cool, right? I'll take a black coffee. Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> you want me to shake your black coffee? I said shake it. <laughs> just a scene where coffee just splashes on space. And he will do smiling. that scene for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone come up with a broom and clean up the coffee that he spilled. Just 15 minutes of Q working on one gadget. <laughs> Q will be fixing James Bond's car to the tune of Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. <laughs> Great rock and roll. <laughs> oh my gosh. I watch the David Lynch weather report every day. And I can I say, there's always days when you're like, oh, is he going to announce something? Like what's, something's going to be different. Nope. Because he always follows the same formula, and it's there's something comforting about that. But also, there's days where the the videos go from like one minute to three minutes, and it's like, oh, there's a big update. Something's going on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's happening? What? And mm -hmm. I'll just like talk about random things. He talked about the weather for like almost three minutes. It was great. No, oh, David Lynch. Eat it up. Yeah, you know what we might need to do in preparation for the next Dune movie watch dune yes oh god i've not i've never seen it yes we need to do it <laughs> that would um, i would say that would almost conclude my uh david lynch watch list because i haven't Ooh. yeah 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 i mean we we practically talk about david lynch every time in this podcast so we might need to turn to a david lynch podcast <laughs> oh man that'd be fun we can talk more david lynch we can talk james bond we can do it all adam we can do it all yeah we can do it all Ah, oh, buddy, this is a good, good time, though. I'm, I'm, this is a great discussion. I know. I missed you, man. This is... I missed you, too, buddy. We'll record again soon. Most definitely. And you know, there's more movies to come out soon. More music that's been coming out, too, that we'll talk about. Yeah, we got to music it up a little bit for y'all out here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that. Music it up. Music it up. We haven't done music it's in music a while. music it up with Adam. Music it up. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> Just, just you playing random songs on the guitar. I love it. Let's do it. Today, I will play Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yo, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Strokes, and Thundercat at, what, the Citrus Bowl? Um, I think so, yeah. All right. Well, it's so, called Camping World Stadium Camping, here. right, correct. Yeah, for those who don't listen to our podcast normally, we are based out of Orlando, Florida. Yeah. All right, so Thundercat and the Strokes outweigh the Chili Peppers, right? So, like, my logic for going is, one, they have, they'll have John through Shanty, so that'll yes. be good. Mm -hmm. Two, it's the Strokes. Mm -hmm. And three, Thundercat. Like, yeah. No, I think we should go. I think we should go, honestly. I think podcast outing Ooh, is, is ah, new. Little Red Chili Peppers action. They, I, I've seen Red Hot Chili Peppers. Me too. They, they, they put on a great show. They oh, really do. No doubt. They do. We're joking around here because, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to do Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, exactly. You know? They, you know, they... I have a lot of songs with the four same four notes from this lead singer. <laughs> it's I don't I I can't tell. Like they're all just like way too good musicians to be playing together. Yeah, I mean they're just like John Frusciante and Flea literally recorded on I don't know all the Mars Volta albums, definitely on their earlier stuff. Yeah. So you know they can do some really crazy stuff. I think they're just limited. 
That's yeah, that. You know, they they got a good gig. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. And I think they really let out their creative stuff when they play their live shows. Because when I saw them, they came out, John Shanti and Flea, and did a, I don't know, maybe like ten minute jam session, just between the two of them at first, something like that. Yeah. And they did it later on as well, I think. So I mean, hmm. I don't know. I, you, you're you're right in a sense because it's kind of like sometimes you wish they would kind of stretch what they could do, but at the yeah. same time, I think. Yeah. People just love 20 million songs about California. So <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm I'm teasing, but I'll know all the lyrics. I'll be singing along. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. All over the world, we gonna make a ton. Right? I mean, come on. You'll, you'll be there with your cell phone up in the air oh, yeah. when, you, when they sing Californication. <laughs> Dream of Californication. Californication. Nice. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, g Write to us. g underscore podcast on Instagram. Yeah, we miss you. Hope everyone is well. Yeah, hope you enjoyed our review. Are we wrong? Did you hate our opinions? Did we miss something? Is her name really not Barbara Broccoli? (laughs) Tell us and more on social media. Thank you all. We love you. It's been another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Discussion. I know it's stuck in my Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.